0: So good to see each and every one of you here today. Isn't it wonderful when we come together as a family of God and and you're worshiping and God just speaks something to your heart? And my prayer for you this morning is that through worship and through sitting under the teaching of God's word, um, God would speak to you. I believe when God's people come together, uh, special things can happen. And, and and my desire for you here today is that you would know and sense the presence of God, that he is truth, that the song we just sang is so true. God is all-powerful. Whatever you're going through today, whatever circumstance you may be faced with, whatever fear has gripped your heart, I want you to know that God is greater. He's greater than any fear you may have. Whatever anxiety might be placed in your heart this morning, I want you to know that God is greater and that we can find a peace in Jesus Christ this morning, because He is the Prince of Peace. He disarmed the powers and authorities of the enemy, that nothing can captivate you this morning. Jesus breaks all that power of the enemy that he once had over our lives and when you give him that rule and that authority in your life that's when that peace and God's grace and floods into your life and so that's my prayer for you this morning that you would experience the freedom that comes in the name of Jesus and the truth that is in the name of Jesus and I say this all the time I I, I'm a Christian because of truth Because Jesus is the truth. And when you understand that and you believe that, that's what sets you free from being captive to the things of this world and the philosophies of this world that so easily lead us astray. But Jesus always leads us to life. He leads us to eternity. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through him. It's all about Jesus. So we're just going to talk about Jesus today. And our church is about Jesus. Jesus is the pastor of this church. And we just love Jesus. So I hope that you love Jesus. So that's, (laughs) amen, amen. You just got a freebie sermon before the sermon. So you guys are blessed this morning. Um, Today uh the uh the Gerace household is a little excited uh today. It's the start of the uh football season. There is a um there is a particular Jerace person in the Jerace household that is very excited about today. I'm gonna show you a little picture. There you go. <laughs> T- <laughs> Tulip has got her Buffalo jersey. And she's ready to go. I'm a, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit bitter because I don't have, I don't even have a jersey, but our dog does. So that shows you the priority in the Juras household that we hold our dog up in high esteem. So, can't believe it's already. It's so nice to have fans back in the stands, and it was nice to watch a couple of the other games and see f- uh, fans in the stands. So we're, we're, we're hoping Buffalo has a good, good year. Let's pray for Buffalo. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. I know everybody's not Buffalo fans here, but I am in our churches. But anyway, so that's all we're saying. That's all, that's all we're saying. We are, um, we're continuing our series looking at the Ten Commandments. We have, we have two more weeks and we're going to look at the last two commandments today. And, and what I, what I hope has helped you over this series of looking at the Ten Commandments is, is that it caused you to maybe pause for a moment and look at it a little bit differently than you 've looked at the commandments before and and I want us to understand, and what we 've discussed is the commandments aren 't just simply God laying out this law to show how right He is and how wrong we are and 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 just to put you know us under his foot and say you 're wrong you 're wrong. The commandments are to show us how holy God is and how we how we uh, fall short of his holiness. But the commandments I want us to see are are an avenue. And we talked about this, that the commandments are an avenue that actually allows us to enjoy our relationship with God and others. Really, the commandments are all about our relationship with God and our relationship with others. They're actually not to restrict us, but they're given us to to set us free and allow us to live in a right relationship with God and 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 one another. And I hope as we've dug into these commandments, you have, you have seen that it's all about that relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And, and Jesus, for us, he does this. He boils down all the commandments, all 613 commandments. And when he's asked what are the most important, he tells us, and it's recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew, it said, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, the second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So he takes all the law of God. He boils it down to our relationship with God, and our relationship with one another, because if we get these two things right, then everything else is going to fall into place. So if Jesus tells us that we must love God with everything we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves, then our actions will change. The way we live our lives will change. So last week we talked about taking from someone else? What is the meaning behind stealing? Uh, and this is a commandment, as we understood, that simply not taking something that isn't yours or just leaving stuff alone that isn't yours. What we discovered last week, it's more than just taking something from someone else. It's, it's, a, it's a change of heart where we begin to think about how we can enrich someone else. Not take from someone, but actually enrich someone actually help someone further someone along god doesn't want us to rob someone or take something uh, take something from a company for the reason that it doesn't reflect the generosity of god and what he's done for us if you understand the grace that's been poured out to you through his son jesus that grace can't stop with me it's not like okay thank that you know God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me from eternity in hell. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then we do nothing for our neighbor, or we don't allow that grace to flow through our life. To to understand a relationship with God, we allow his grace to flow into our lives, and we find that forgiveness. But we also need to be conduits where it flows in us and then flows out of us, and our relationships with one another, and how we bless other people. God wants you to be a blessing just as much as he is a blessing in your life. And if that's a blessing, if God's blessing is stopping with you, something's wrong. So the commandments are about our relationship with God and how we actually can bless other people and not take from other other people. So what I want us to see is that this same type of thinking that we talked about last week is behind the ninth commandment of not bearing false witness against your neighbor or telling a lie. So Exodus 20:16 says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. So this commandment is closely associated with the Eighth Commandment of not stealing because they both have to do with not taking advantage of someone for your personal gain. So what's actually behind this commandment? Now this, in context, uh, is really about a legal trial where someone would make false allegations to gain an advantage at someone else's Expense. In fact, the word "false" literally means deception or vanity. Deception or vanity. It means knowingly hurting someone's character for your advantage. So once again, I want you to catch this. It's just like it's just like when we take from someone else, or or we should not steal. It's you're taking from someone else for your advantage. When we speak falsely against someone without knowing the truth, we're doing the exact same thing. We're robbing from someone's character. Lying about your neighbor is robbing from their character, which is even worse than taking something from them. When you rob someone of their stuff, it's just stuff, right? It's just stuff. But it's very difficult to restore when you rob someone of their character. Now, we all know the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but that's the dumbest statement in the whole world. I don't know who thought of that. It's just, it it makes no sense. Now, I understand behind it's like, well, you know, your words are never going to hurt me. They're not, you know, know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words aren't going to, to hurt me. But I want you to understand that words do carry weight. They do. Words do hurt. We have the power in our tongue to bring blessings and curses at the, at the very same time, can't we? It's it's a powerful powerful thing and that's why it's one of the commandments. You know, we all have said something that we regret. We have said something to someone else that we wish we could take back. We have all misrepresented others at times without really knowing the whole truth. We are all gap people, which means we tend to fill in the gaps with things that we don't really know the complete story of. We assume. We're like, well I think this or this person might be thinking this way and this is what I think about that person. We fill in the gaps with the things that we may not have the full truth to. We have things that are said to us that have have made a great impact on our lives, both positive and negative. And you can think about the positive things that people have said to you that have encouraged you. And you can also uh, think back in times when someone has said something negative or derogatory towards you, and those things sting. Those words hurt, they sting. You know, I had... Two math teachers um, that were both very uh, – a positive influence in my life and a very negative influence. And I remember them and I remember their name because of the impact they had in my life. My uh, my first grade uh, teacher, math teacher, called me stupid in front of the whole class because I wasn't getting the concept of subtraction. So I asked a question and I asked like maybe two times, maybe three times, maybe four times. I can't remember. So, and he just said, what are you stupid? In front of the whole class. Now, once my mom got word of that, it was on. It was on. She got the guy in a headlock. He wished he never said that. You don't ever talk to my son that way. It's going down. So you don't mess with my mom when it comes to her kids. That mama bear. She's the definition of mama bear. She she started all that. So. And eventually that guy did get fired, by the way. But anyway, it's a whole other story. So that had nothing to do with my mom, but he definitely, he he wasn't probably the most encouraging teacher. He probably needed to retire at age 22. I mean, he probably was way too long teaching. And so I remember that, like it was yesterday, and that was almost 50 years ago. And I remember that day being in the class, just feeling horrible about myself. And then I had an 11th grade teacher, uh, my trig teacher in 11th grade. And I remember him encouraging me in front of the whole class. And I remember his name. And I remember the day because what we did is the beginning of, of of the school year, we took a quiz. And whoever failed the quiz was going to go to math 12, which was basic math. And everybody else who passed was going to stay there in trig. Well, I was one of the students who did not pass the test. So I, I t- picked my paper up and I'm walking out with all the, all the other kids that didn't pass. We're going to math 12. We're going to basic math. woohoo And he's like... Not so fast, Barton. I'm like, what, what? He goes, no. He goes, I want you to come over. He took me to his desk. He goes, "I, I believe that you can pass this class. He goes, I want you to stay and I'll help you. And that teacher helped me after school. When I would go up to the board to do a problem, which I didn't want to do because I'm like, I'm going to look like a fool. If I got the problem right, he would like give me like extra points. He just wanted me, and I did. I ended, I got a C. I just barely passed, but I did pass the test. But he encouraged me. I never forgot him. And see, those words of encouragement, and we can have words of encouragement in our life that, that mean so much to us, but, but how many of us know many times the words of discouragement that people have said? When people have given you words of encouragement, it's helped you. It's, 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 it's instructed you. It gave you ambition to move on. But then there was those times, and I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I needed constructive criticism so much in my life growing up. Can, I, can we get an amen in our lives? There are things that we just did boneheaded things, and we needed constructive criticism in love. I'm talking about this negative, um, putting people down for, for our own advantage. That, that's what's behind this commandment. And so words have impact for both good and harm. And so what are we asked to do in this eighth commandment? What we're asked to do is this. We are asked to be good stewards with the words that we use. We are to be stewards. What does that mean? We are to take hold of the words that we use and take careful attention of what we say and how we say it and the motivation and the way we do say it. Cuz how many know sometimes we don't say things with the best motivation cuz either we're irritated or we're upset and then we say things off our emotions and how I mean, you know that doesn't usually work out too well. And so we're take we're to be good stewards with the words that we use. We're to take careful thought of how we speak to other people. Are we careless with our words? It takes discipline. To be careful with the words that we use. Do we say things about others that make ourselves look better? So what are we to be careful of? What are we to give careful thought to? Well, behind the the context of this commandment is we're to be careful not to prejudge. That's the meaning behind this commandment. A witness is to bring truth. A false witness prejudges and already condemns someone, which puts us under the seat of judgment. So listen carefully. Unjust judgment undermines the person we are judging, and it always benefits us. We're trying to put ourselves in a better light by prejudging this other person. And we let's be honest, can we just say amen? We've all done that before. Can we just be, okay, just amen? It's just you and I this morning, okay? Let's just get real with each other. Okay, we've we've all done it. Listen to the words of James. Listen to the words of James in James 4. Listen to what he says. He says, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging god's law but your job is to obey the law not to judge whether it applies to you god alone who gave the law is the judge he alone has the power to save or to destroy so what right do you have to judge your neighbor now i'm going to drill into this in just a moment listen to what jesus listen to what jesus says recorded for us in matthew 12 jesus says i tell you the truth on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So I want to, I want to drill down on what the, what the meaning here is, because we, would, we can tend to use these verses to say we should never judge someone or speak truth into someone's life. That is not what James means, and that's not what Jesus is talking about. See, what we are not to do is we are not to prejudge someone for our benefit or for our gain. We should speak truth and love into each other's lives. When when a brother or sister is going wayward and we love them, we want to speak truth into their lives, right? I mean, that's the right motivation to do that. But the context here is we are not to prejudge for our own benefit. Paul talks about this in Ephesians when he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. So Paul said we we should speak truthfully to one another. We should put off falsehood and false motivations and speak into each other's lives because we care for one another. We care about the decisions that, we should, that we're making. We care about wrong decisions that maybe a brother or sister are making that, that we want to speak into their lives because we care for them. You see, when we speak falsehood towards someone else, we're coming against the very character of God who does not lie. Okay, I want you to look at this for just a moment. Hold that up there for just a second. Here's where we're getting to the bottom of this commandment. The bottom of this commandment has to do with truth. And we need to understand that God cannot lie and God is all truth. The reason why I'm a Christian is because it's truth. I follow Jesus because he's true. Now, does he bless my life? Has he changed my life? Absolutely. But he's true. His promises are true. We are not to take that for granted. We are to be truth bearers. When we speak falsehood, we come against the character of God who is truth. Does that make sense? See, I want you to realize, am I being a good bearer of that truth? If I believe that God is truth, and if I follow Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life, then I should do everything possible to not to prejudge, not to sit in the place of judgment, but allow God to do that because he is truth. And we need to submit to that truth. And we need to carry that truth. And we need to honor that truth as we honor God and his word. So when we speak falsehood towards someone else, we're coming against the very character of God who does not lie. And so what we're to do, we're to do all we can to uphold the truth because God is truth. So when we speak falsehood against our neighbor, yes, we're coming against our neighbor, but we're ultimately coming against the character of God who cannot lie. And boy, we have to be careful with that. As followers of Christ, we have to be careful with that. And I have to ask myself, am I dishonoring God when I speak falsehoods or when I don't know the whole truth or when I speak against someone else in their character? Am I actually speaking falsehood? Am I prejudging someone? Is this making me look better by what I'm saying? We have to really guard our motivation. See, God is the ultimate judge, and we are not to take that lightly what did the serpent do in the garden? Let's go all the way back to the beginning because this is where it started from the very beginning. You have the serpent in the garden. And what did the serpent call God? He basically called God a liar. What the serpent was doing, catch this, he was undermining the very truth of God. Eve, did God really mean that? Are you absolutely sure that this is true, that if you do this, this will happen. Are you really true about that? Are are you really sure about that? See See how he was undermining the very truth of God? Did he really say that? The serpent placed seeds of doubt into the woman to put into motion the human race to judge God's truth. The problem with humanity is they refuse to submit to the truth of God and uphold their own reality of truth. That is why we are in the mess that we are today. It's because of the frailty and the sinfulness of man to want to be judge, to want to be ruler. And that's why we're in the problem we are today. And so at the beginning of Adam and Eve, he said, did God really say that? Basically, in so many words, what the serpent was saying was, can you really trust God? And so what Jesus does is, is we understand why Jesus came to earth. But one of the purposes of Jesus coming to earth was to testify to the truth of God. Not, not he, he came to die for our sins and to be our savior. We understand that. Jesus was falsely accused. He was lied about. He was sent to the cross. Everything about Jesus' trial was a lie. Man judging God. Man was judging God on their standards. That, that, When I think about that, it blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Everything about Jesus' trial was a lie because man was acting in their own accord to what they thought the truth was. So what we see is we see ourselves as being set up as judge over the son of God. And yet he still died for our sins. Our waywardness and falsely accusing Jesus didn't stop him from dying for the truth. Jesus didn't say, oh, people don't like me, so I'm not going to go to the cross. No, he went to the cross because he was dying for the truth. He came to testify to the truth. The dialogue that Jesus had with Pontius Pilate before his death was incredible. Here's the dialogue. John 18 records it for us. Pilate asked him because he's getting ready to to judge him because they said, okay, Pilate, you're the Roman governor. You you, you judge him. We're going to give him up to you. This This is what our court says. This is what he did. He blasphemed. He claims to be God. This is what he deserves. And he says to him, he says, you are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. And in fact, the reason I was born, the reason, check this out. The reason I was born was to come into the world is to testify to what? The truth. That's the reason why I was born to testify to the truth. And then listen to what he says. Jesus says, and everyone on the side of truth listens to who? Me, he listens to me. Now, if you go on to that story, Pilate just turns around and walks away. He, he doesn't even, he, here's the truth is right before him and Pilate doesn't even bother to listen for an explanation, he just turn, turns, turns away. See, we get our very word martyr from the word witness. Jesus gave his life for the truth of who God is. Do you understand how important truth is? And why we are not to speak falsehood against someone else. Because when we do that, we're coming against the very truth of who God is. And he is truth. And I need to guard my heart and to guard my tongue from speaking falsehood because Jesus died for that very truth of who God was. We need to fight for what is true and do all we can to build each other up in the truth. That's why I tell you, it's important that we know who Jesus is. That Jesus speaks the truth. That you have that settled in your heart. That when you hear someone speaking against the truth, it should do something in your life that causes you to wake up a little bit and say, wow, that's not what I read in the word of God. Because you know who the truth is. And the truth is what sets you free. My question to you this morning do you understand how powerful that truth of God is and how it does change your life when you grab onto that truth and allow it to change you? See, what changed my life at 16 years old was understanding who Jesus really was and who he was from hearing the gospel message and then exclaiming that truth and believing on that truth that Jesus is who he says He was, and that's what changed my life. That truth changed my life. Has that truth of who Jesus Christ is, being the Son of God, being God, dying for our sins, has that truth changed your life? Because if it has changed your life, your life will be changed. Your life will be different. And that truth is what sets you free. We need to do all we can to speak that truth into each other's lives and do nothing that prejudges or takes away from someone so that it benefits me. I like what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just close with this. Listen to what he says, and this is how we are to be with that truth, and we know that truth, and that truth has changed us. This is, this is how our lives should be. Paul says, listen, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well of all types of evil behavior. He said, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. That's the truth. Jesus Christ has forgiven us. He didn't wait for us to get it all together, to get it right. He went to the cross, God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. That's the truth. And I want you to take that truth to your heart this morning. And I want you to apply it to your life in the way it's shown in the way with your relationships with others and the way you speak to other people that it would guard your heart like, God, I don't want to do anything to misrepresent you. I don't want to do anything that put someone else down that lifts me up to put me in a better light. That's not regarding the truth. That's not honoring the truth of who God is. That's setting ourselves up as judge and not allowing God to do the judgment. How many know that God will judge? He will judge. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. No one will get away from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Every soul will have to bow before the authority of Jesus Christ. So as believers, let's do all we can to uphold the truth of who God is in the way we live our lives and the way we speak about other people. So let's be people of blessing. Let's be people of blessing. Bless people. Encourage people. Just, man, when you're out, and someone does a good job, just say, you know what? I want to let you know you did a great job. Thank you for being a good hostess. Thank you for being a good server. Thank you for just bagging my groceries in such a way that it brought joy to my heart, right? You know, just bless somebody. Instead of walking through and they, I wait in line. You know, the person in front of you pulls out a checkbook and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. You know, and they're pulling out change. What's up with that? You know, don't they know you can just take your card and tap it, just tap the card and then you can be done with, you know, let's, let's just, let's just bless people. Amen. Let's be a, as God has filled you with his grace and his truth and has changed your heart. Let's be people that just are extravagant in the way we reach out to others and we bless others. Boy. I just, because if you sense, I'm going to shut up, but if you sense God's grace and what he's done for you, you can't hold it back. You can't, you can't, it's, it's got to flow through us. And that's what God intended us to be as the, as the church of Jesus Christ, that we would bless and encourage others with what we say and what we do. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the truth of God's word and the truth of who Jesus Christ is and how that truth radically changes our lives and sets us free? Amen. So I want to pray for you. Would you, if you're able, would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you and we're going to close in song today. Amen. This is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment this week. Okay, great. Thanks, Pastor. I don't need any more homework. School just started. I don't want any more homework. But listen, I just want you to think of each and every day of different ways that you can bless somebody. Just think of a way. Just think of some. Uh, maybe it's a email, a text, snail mail where you write someone a letter, speaking to somebody at a store. Whatever it may be, think of different ways that you can do that to give into people's lives, to bless them, to honor them. Let's think of different ways that we can do that as a church of Jesus Christ. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and gave your life for the truth of who God was. It's that truth that drove you to the cross through all the accusations of man, the lies of man, the judgment of man. What drove you to the cross was the truth of who you were and what you did and how you honored your father. And it's that truth of who you are, Jesus, that truly sets us free from our past, from our addictions, from our struggles, from our sin. It's that truth that sets us free. And Lord, I pray that we would be truth bearers. That the reason we wouldn't speak in a pre-judgment type of voice or judge other people, Lord, is because we want to honor the truth and allow you to be the authority and the judge over our lives. And Lord, I pray as we speak into each other's lives truth, I pray we would always do in love. As we look at this world, Lord, I pray that we would not prejudge, but we would look at this world for this world you died for and gave your life for. I pray, God, that we would be a people that would not prejudge, but we would be a people who would exclaim your truth of who Jesus is. Lord, help us to always do it in the love of Christ. Lord, truth can be a very difficult thing. We can speak the truth with no love, and we can speak the truth in judgment and hate or we can speak the truth and love. And we thank you, Jesus, that you love this world and you gave your life for it. So Lord, help us as the body of Christ to look to you and to thank you for all you've done for us. We love you, we thank you, and we want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's children said, Can we thank God for his word today? Can we just, the Lord is good. He is good. Amen.